Well, hello, 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 hello out there. How's everybody doing? This is everybody's favorite conservative in New York, Christopher Wright. Not doing my typical setup with a walk and talk today, but uh, I got a special appearance for somebody I really wanted to sit down with and just kind of chop it up with. A uh, good friend and fellow patriot, Mike Nificent. Quick shout out to my boy here. What's up, Mike? Hey, what's going on, man? Yeah, I just posted it to my uh, to my little uh, my feed so my subscribers can tune in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, man, thanks for having me on. Yeah, definitely, brother. Thanks for coming on, man. I, I want to start doing more interviews. So, you know, I was like, you know, who do I reach out to for my first interview? I was like, yo, let me reach out to my man, Mike. I know when you were, you know, early on getting your, you know, getting the ball rolling, you reached out to me and, you know, really got a lot of people checking me out. You know, a lot of people subscribed to my channel because of that. So I was like, you know, let me try to pay back the favor if I can, you know. Yeah, man, I appreciate it, man. It's an honor to be invited <laughs> on anybody's channel, man. I'm I'm always honored to go on somebody's channel and chat it up. Yeah, I appreciate it, brother. I really do, man. Uh, just do me a favor, man. Let people know, you know, because people on my channel might not know who you are, um, you know, and just kind of give you like a little background of who Magnificent is and what you're about. <clears throat> yeah, well, you can find me on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram as Magnificent 813 or if you just type in Magnificent on YouTube, it should pop right up. I've been in the political arena for a little over two years and I decided to set up a YouTube channel because I saw so much going on. And there wasn't there wasn't enough people telling the truth, you know, with the fake news and everything. I feel like we need more citizen journalists. So I stepped up to the challenge. Ultimately, it was God that led me to this. And um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. I just as long as there's craziness to talk about, I'll be oh. talking about it. Hold on, we got a little f freezing here. One I'm second, freezing. Mike. One second here. Ah. One second. Hey, you're back. All right, man. Sorry about that, man. We had a little freezing going on. Oh, was I cut off? Yeah, yeah, for a split second. Uh, so can oh. you just do a favor? Just kind of, you know, a uh, little with the little last part you said, you know, what, you know, you said that God pretty much brought you uh, to get your message out there. And that's when it kind of cut off. Yeah, you know, um, going all the way back to 2016, that was a pretty, um, interesting year for me as far as my career and just where I was in my life. And God woke me up and showed me what the world really was. I was kind of sleepwalking up until that point. And um, fast forward a couple years after Trump's election and moving to Florida from Minnesota, I really started feeling like I need to do more than just be awake and aware. I need to use my voice to try to wake up other people. And I've been doing it ever since. Mm, definitely, brother. Definitely. And it's funny that you say that, man, because what kind of got me into this whole situation was something very similar. You know, get, you know, God brought me out to kind of get the word out there because I was watching a lot of citizen journalists, journalists as well, uh, especially over in Europe. You know, that's where it kind of all started for me. Um, you know, I was watching what's going on with Brexit, what's going on with the refugee crisis at the Benghazi. And I saw a lot of European citizens in Europe that were like, Hey, man, don't listen to the news. They're lying to you guys in America. This was really going on. They're just walking outside the house and showing people this is what's going on in the world. And that kind of showed me the strength of alternative news. And, you know, I, you know, I got, I even prayed to God about it. I said, God, you know, I want to help out my country best I can because we're struggling over here, you know, with Hillary and everything like that was going on at the time. So I just want to get my help, help me get my voice heard. And, you know, literally a couple of weeks later, man, um, after this, Trump got elected and everything, like the walkway movement started. I did a video and went viral. And then uh, from there, I started a channel. So I knew, you know, that was his hand moving the whole process along. So, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. So, you know, how funny how God works, man. And look how he brings us together to do what we're doing now. So it all absolutely. goes in. Yeah, definitely, yeah, brother. Yeah, but let me uh, go ahead and get started, man. I, you know, I have a few questions for you. I just want to get kind of pick your brain a little bit. Uh, first thing, you know, I'm sure you saw, you know, you, you know, at least yesterday, yesterday's press briefing that the president had uh, when it came to, you know, the COVID-19 or the Wuhan virus, I like to call it. Um, and, you know, what was your thoughts on the whole, you know, the whole briefing, you know? Man, I think uh, I haven't watched too many of those press briefings, but mm -hmm. the one yesterday obviously stood out above the rest because he just you could see that he he's not afraid to slap around the media. This no. is what's great is they constantly try to bully him. They're always trying to dig at him, trying to get him in these little gotcha moments. And he always flips it on them. You know, Trump is so great at controlling the narrative. He commands their attention. And because they are constantly reacting to everything that he says, he controls the narrative. 
they're the ones always trying to control the narrative and spread their misinformation. They're always saying he's lying, but it's them that's lying. And he just called him out. He just, it seemed like he's fed up. He's like, look, my back's against the wall. It's my reelection year. We're dealing with a crisis. We got all these things going on. We got the deep state and he's pushing back against the media. And, and it's just, it's great. It's a, he's doing the work that we would be doing if we were up at the podium. I'm pretty sure anybody who hates the media as much as most of Trump supporters do, if they had a chance to get up on the podium and speak to the media like that, they would say probably worse than Trump. You know, they would really go after him. So I just think it's amazing. It's, it's always something entertaining and laughable. You know, um, we've never seen this level of engagement in politics before Trump. So love him or hate him. He's made everybody pay attention. No, no, I, I absolutely agree, man. And I like how you opened up the press briefing where, you know, he's like, okay, before I even begin, let me just show you this. And it was like a video of just the press, you know, through this whole COVID-19 situation, how they, you know, been attacking the president, how they've been lying on the president, how they said everything, he, you know, when he tried to do the travel ban, he's a xenophobe and try to label him like xenophobic while, and then they show, you know, when they have Nancy Pelosi in Chinatown here in New York during the whole incident saying, oh, this is just, you know, this, the flu is not a big deal come out and celebrate, it was Chinese New Year. So she was out walking around in Chinatown here in New York. And so he was showing these clips like before he even got started because he knew when he got started and the questions came that he was gonna shut down half their questions just off the rip because he exposed them and he exposed them to the public before he even got started. So you can tell they were caught off guard a little bit when he started asking questions because they're like, man, like we had like a whole lineup of gotcha questions and you just, you know, he already answered them before we even got to you, you know, and that's how good he is. I call him a 40 chess master almost like he's always a step ahead of the media. Like, you know, he does things sometimes even as a, a supporter of his. I watch him like Trump was, you know, that's a little off, man. I don't know what that's about. And then like two weeks go by and I see the outcome and I'm like, oh, OK, you, you knew what was going on. This is how you set it up. So, you know, I think he did. That was a perfect example yesterday of that brilliance he has, you know, and I know that one young lady. Uh, I, I think my favorite part was why well, I forgot what reporter was. She probably CNN, but she asked him like, "Oh, why haven't you responded to uh, China in regards to what's happening with the COVID nineteen?" And he just said, hey, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "No, stop." He's like, "I don't got it." He's like, "He's like, what? he's like, he's like, give give us time." He's like, "We're taking care of the issue." So he just shut her down so quickly, and like you know, it was such a like you know, it was just such a you know, a foolish question for her to ask. Like you know, you're talking about like responding like militarily already. And we're still trying to sit, get, you know, get over the, the um, you know, level things out when it comes to the victims here uh, in, you know, in the country. So, you know, he definitely handled her pretty well and most of the press pretty well the whole, the whole day. So it was interesting press briefing for sure. Yeah. And they, you know, their questions are loaded. They're trap questions. You know, they're very assumptive. Like how, how she said, um, you're not doing any, you're not doing anything about China. Right. And that's why he yeah. responded yeah. like, how that's do you what... know? You'd be the last person on earth. I'd tell what am I going <laughs> to say? Oh, here's what I'm going to do with China. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, a lot of people can see through it. It's very transparent. They don't hide their visceral hatred for the president. They're not interested in asking questions on behalf of people out there. They're driving an agenda. You see it all the time with Jim Acosta. He's the most known journalist yeah. to do this. Right. So yeah, you are fake news Acosta. Yeah. And then they're always trying to trying to like, I don't know, point the laser in a different direction. Like, oh, we're not going to focus on that. Let's let's uh, bash you for this. Just like when the the Surgeon General was up there the other day and he was talking about uh, how minorities need to stop drinking, smoking and do it for your. You saw that where he's like, do it for your your abuela or whatever. And then their only response to that was, well, that comes across as racist and condescending never wanting to discuss the content of what he said. It's just like, well, what do you say to people who were offended? See, they're not really caring about the truth or reporting. They're just masquerading as journalists. But in reality, they're left-wing political activists. It's just, it's disgusting. Honestly, I'm fatigued with watching it because it's just disgusting to see the media. They're supposed to be the trusted source of news. And yet all they do is push a left-wing agenda. They're so agenda driven. They don't even care. They foam at the mouth to try to push their agenda and smear the president. And even people who hate Trump can see it. I mean, they'll do mental gymnastics to deny it, but they can still see it. They know what's happening. 
Yeah, definitely. And, you know, like you said, it's, it's those gotcha questions, man. And it's like, you know, and like I said, they're already trying to do an investigation on the president for how he's handling, how he handled the COVID-19 virus so far. Um, and it's like you can tell the questions they're asking. It's just for that later on when they tried him with the investigation, they can say, oh, see, on this press briefing on, you know, the 3rd of April at 12 p.m., you said this, that. And, you know, and they're just going to edit out the whole statement, but they're going to get the part, the gotcha part. And they try to use that to, hey, look at American public. Look what he said. He said these words. Do you want this? Do you think this guy is, you know, he handled it properly? So you can tell all they're doing with these questions is just trying to trying to get him in, you know, in a box in a corner so they can use that against him when he tried to do the investigation later on. Because we already been through Russia Gate. We already been through Ukraine Gate. Stormy Daniels Gate, if you want to call that a gate. <laughs> I mean, it's like, I mean, you see that it went down a line all the way down. And now they run out of options. I thought with Ukraine Gate, I thought they were done. I was like, okay, these guys are finally finished. You know, we're finally going to have to, you know, can just hear what the president, see the president's going to do until the next election and go from there. But then, you know, when this COVID-19 virus, which I think, in my personal opinion, was done, you know, more than likely purposely from China, because just the timing of it throws me off. I'm like, if this was like, you know, the third month of his presidency, it'd be a little fishy, but, you know, it's, you know, it's whatever. But the fact that it's happening right before the elections and that we heard the left talk about so much about Russia and, you know, you know, you know, intruding in our elections in 2016. And it's like, look what China just happened with this virus. Isn't that kind of intruding on the election in 2020? And you saw what it did to Japan. They got to push the Olympics back to 2021. So it's affecting other parts of the world as well. And that's why I'm saying the timing of it, because, you know, you know, America right now is probably number one on China's list to watch out for. But Japan and China have history way before America was even created and founded, I mean. And so I just think the timing of it that affects so many people around the world at the same time that it just I, I kind of see it could more likely be done purposely. So that's my opinion on that. Yeah, definitely. And I think with uh, what's going on with the media, I mean, this this is really um, almost a litmus test for the people who are awake now. Their lives have been brought to a standstill. Everybody's been caught in their routine for so many years. And now for the first time ever, everybody's affected. And they're having to pay attention so they can either take what's given to them by the news, which we know that they splice up clips so they can smear the president or they can become critical thinkers, which they should be doing and watch the entire press briefing. And then they can decide for themselves. Right. Because if you just trust the media, they're always going to give you the worst clips or like, oh, look, Trump, Trump looks sleepy. He yawned towards the end or something. They'll make up something. They'll say, like I've been seeing for this one, they said, oh, he shows some propaganda film or something like that. Yeah. It as a propaganda moment. So there's a lot of brainwashed idiots out there. Jeez. I mean, it's just the truth. There are a lot of brainwashed people out there that are watching these news coverage, the news coverage of his um, his press briefings. But it's pretty much a narration with sound bites of it so that they can frame it in a way that looks bad against him. But if they were just watching it themselves, they might draw a completely different conclusion. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I, I think some of them are even um, you know, performing like fake news gymnastics in a way. I think Chris Cuomo was a perfect example of that. You know, he comes out and says he had the coronavirus and he, you know, he's talking about, oh, the, you know, at night, it's real, you know how they say at night it gets worse. It's like night black, the black nightmares I get. And all this, he's going like this whole traumatic scenario of how he's struggling day by day with the, having the COVID-19. And it's like, you know, what a coincidence when your brother gets caught lying about the ventilators here in New York being in stocked in the warehouse when he told the president he needed more. You know, the next day you have the COVID-19 virus all of a sudden. And, you know, you're drawing attention to yourself and trying to, you know, disrespect the president at the same time. So, you know, I don't trust anything the fake news media says at this point, man. So, you know, but you know how it goes, man. But, you know, we can talk about this all day, man. Let me uh, go ahead and just go to the next question, man. And I, you know, I want to start off with this, but I kind of wanted to jump in with the press briefing initially. And this is, you know, how are you handling things down in Florida when it comes to, you know, the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus or something to call it? You know, Florida, Florida is doing well. I mean, our governor put us on lockdown like, I guess, two weeks ago, but nothing really changed. You know, um, people were already sheltering in place and doing all the all the social distancing and all that stuff. We had the crazy waves of people going to the stores and all that. But for the most part, everybody's just chilling. People are chilling down here. Nobody's really panicking. You do see a lot more people out with masks on, 
Um, I know that at the county level, he took pretty much took the same approach as Trump. You know how Trump said, I'm going to leave it up to the governors, whatever the governors decide, I'll support them. And so because we have a we're in a red state and we have a Republican governor, he took the same course of action. He said, you know what, I'm going to let the counties handle it. I, I trust the county officials and local municipalities, the mayors, let them figure it out. And so naturally, the cities like Miami and Tampa, they issued restrictive measures. I think uh, Tampa last night just issued a um, a what do, you, what do you call it? A um, curfew. So they're under oh. curfew now, which I don't really understand that. Like, why did they just initiate a curfew? They've been on lockdown for even longer than um, the whole state because they were handled at the county level, Hill Hillsborough County. So they just issued curfews. But I'm like, I don't understand that. Like, what are you going to do? Arrest people if they leave their house after 5 p.m. or 9 p.m. whenever they said it? Um, yeah. Places like Miami, they're getting pretty aggressive with policing, arresting people. They shut down their beaches. The county wow. I'm in, our beaches are still open, but at the same time, we're on lockdown. I mean, people are still going out. I see people riding their bikes, people walking, people not wearing masks. People are just chilling. They're just weathering the storm. And there's something about the Floridian spirit because we always have to deal with hurricanes, right? Yeah. So people never really just panic about anything. It's like, okay, there's a virus that's spreading around. They say, I could get it. I'm going to continue living my life because I live in Hurricane Alley and that's scarier than any virus out there. So I think that's kind of the the vibe down here. There's not a lot of um, media hysteria. We're not even really getting a lot of media attention other than them smearing the the governor, Ron DeSantis, which I find hilarious because his approval rating was one of the highest in the nation as far as governors go. Uh, he was getting praised by Democrats for his work across the aisle and just how he's handled situations so far. They're saying basically, well, he's got blood on his hands. You know the whole talk track. Oh, wow. if any Floridians die, it's because he didn't crack down on spring breakers. Like nobody's providing any kind of critical opinions of how he's handled the situation. Florida's a unique state, right? We have tourists galore. We have snowbirds that come down. We have Daytona 500. We had the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl, spring break, um, bike week. And that's on top of people who come down here for Disney and cruise ships and people that fly and fly out. This is a high transit state. And for us to just barely be in the top 10 as far as cases go and deaths, we're, we're way down the mortality rate. I think it's ticked up a little bit, but the mortality rate is pretty low here, but they were still shaming the governor because there were all these photos and videos of spring breaker saying, you know, I'm just going to live my life. I don't care if I catch it or not. But it's like, what did, what did you want him to do? Lock up a bunch of people who are not from here. Like you need to think critically, like there's nuance to everything. You can't just issue a one size fits all. All right, everyone we're on lockdown in Florida. It's like, what about the tourists? Are you going to make them stay in their hotels? They flew here. You can't force them to stay in a hotel. And how are you going to even like handle that? Most Floridians, I think, were kind of already taking it seriously and locked down, but they took the spring breakers and used it as a straw man to say, look, Florida's not taking it serious. I hope they're the next epicenter. That's pretty much what I think the media was saying is like, watch Florida be the next epicenter because of this. They wanted it to be the next epicenter so that they can blame Trump and then blame DeSantis for not cracking down sooner as if somehow he had the responsibility to keep everyone alive. That's just not a thing. Yeah. And it seems like to me when I hear the media speak on it, man, sometimes it seems like he said, it seems like they want death, man. Like they want people to die so they can say, ha ha, look, orange man bad. We got you. And it's like, you guys, if you guys were the actual true media and do, doing what you're probably supposed to do, all you would do is report the news and what's going on, you know, report, you know, lives lost and then report, the people who have recovered, fully recovered from the virus and give people that, you know, their choice from just giving them fair news and they can make their own decision. But they're not about that. Like, you know, it seems like anything to make the president look bad, even if lives are lost. Hey, more power to us to do it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, what I'm noticing as well, like, you know, I'm in New York, like, you know, as you, as you know, and like the blue states, it seems like around the country, especially like in, you know, New York, you see it is like, you know, they're just being extra when it comes to what's going on with this, with the COVID-19. Like, you know, I see people here. It started off, I'll say about 20, 30% wearing masks. Now we're at a point where I walk out, it's about 70, 80% of people have masks on. 
and you know gloves and i've yet to put them on you know i've done videos walking talks that i do through walking through brooklyn no mask no gloves i've been to manhattan and manhattan's you it's like a desert i never in my entire life you know i've been here for six years but i you know i never seen manhattan this empty and this is like one of the busiest cities in the entire country and it's like you go in there it's no cars no people and you know it's just like uh, you've never seen it that quiet and that's a big tour spot for the whole entire world you know not just in the united states and it's just because you know we have you know we have you know, I call him Tommy de, Bla, de, you know, de Blasio here, a terrible mayor. And then we have, you know, Don Cuomo, I call him the godfather. And he, they're both, you know, just, you know, terrible leaders, in my opinion. Uh, Cuomo at one point was acting like he was, you know, hand, working hand in hand with the president, giving the president credit for being alert when it comes to helping out New York. And then like two days later, he was like, we need ventilators and bashing the president. And come to find out we had, he had ventilators the president sent to him that were in a warehouse that he had stashed away. And when somebody, you know, asked him about a reporter, he said, oh, yeah, we, we got those ventilators. But that's when it climaxes. So when when the climax is here, we'll have those ventilators, but we need more for after the climax. So he lied and just tried to twist his words around. And when somebody pulled his card, he had to kind of tell the truth and it kind of backfired on him. So, you know, and if you look at uh, I believe it's what's Michigan, they have the governor there, Governor Whitmer or Whitmore and her Whitmer, her name is, I believe. And she's a Democratic ma- uh, governor there. And she like had Walmart like close off all the like uh, areas where people can like use the farmer materials like seeds and everything so they can grow their own food. They had it all tampered off so you know buyers couldn't go in that area at all and get what they needed to need the necessities to you know take care of their family, man. And it's like to me, this seems like to me with the left, man, they're always trying to cut corners, always trying to do anything to make their side look good and the other side look bad. And it doesn't matter who you know what lies they mess up doing it, man. That's what I'm noticing around the country. Like if they had martial law, they would like they're begging Trump to get martial law in the country. And Trump's like, I'm not going to do martial law on the federal level. Like that's, it's not that serious. Like I want the States to have control because the States know what's going on within their whole, within their system. You know, you can't have somebody from Oklahoma thinking the same way from somebody in New York. You know I mean? You got to have the separate States decide what they want to do with their state. So I think what Trump's doing is, you know, a fantastic job in regards to that. And I just want the left to just, you know, the media, especially, to end the panic, man, it's crazy. Yeah, I think you're right. There is a stark contrast between the way left states are handling it versus right states, left states, blue states, red states, right? You yeah. see um, in blue states like Michigan, they're, they're using this as a golden opportunity to seize power. And you see them throwing their weight around. And I, I'm happy that Trump didn't issue any kind of federal mandates for lockdowns because this allows people to see what their elected officials are capable of if they have unmitigated power, just they can just rule with an iron fist and you're seeing them take full advantage of it. You're seeing them acting very hostile towards businesses. Like who is this governor in Michigan to say what's essential and not? She's expecting people to just stop everything in their life. Like you're not allowed to grow food. You can't buy a car seat. You can't buy your kid a toy because it's not an essential item, but you need to stay in your house. And this is, this is tyrannical and it, it's very dangerous. It actually upsets me. And that's why I made a couple of videos about it yesterday. It's like, what is happening in America? It's great that Trump kind of had a hands-off approach so that people could actually see in these mayors and governors can expose themselves for the tyrants that they are. But it's also dangerous because they're treading on freedom. They're crushing the liberty of their their um, constituents. And I think there's dangerous um, implications there, right? Yeah. Because while they're being exposed for being authoritarians and tyrants and just crazy people, the people that they're crushing are going to be in a much worse situation than they would be if they were exposed to the virus by shopping at a supermarket, right? Because you're talking about depression, suicide, alcohol abuse, drug abuse, homelessness. Like it can cause a ripple effect of problems just by your leaders being tyrannical. So again, it's not happening down here in Florida, even though the governor put us on lockdown, he, there's hasn't been any enforcement. Like I went down to the waterfront. There's a lot of people over there fishing still, it's more of just like an opinion, like, hey, we suggest that you guys you need to take this seriously. I'm issuing a lockdown. Don't go anywhere unless it's absolutely necessary. And let's close tattoo parlors and blah, blah, blah. That's one thing. I still disagree with it. 
But there's a there's a difference between that and enforcing it where you're arresting people when you're trying to incentivize people to rat on their neighbors. The mayor of L.A. talking about snitches get rewards. I mean, that's that's like I think that's like Nazi Germany stuff right there. Like help us bring these people to justice. These people who aren't breaking any laws, by the way, that's why the Constitution goes out the window in these blue states when they could say, well, you didn't follow my rules. So I'm going to send armed officers to arrest you and violate your rights. All the while they're letting criminals out and they're like, oh, we're not going to prosecute any petty crimes, but we're going to surveil you with drones and arrest you for jogging on the beach or swimming or hanging out with your family at the park. We're going to arrest you, violate the social distancing, put you in the same jail that we just released criminals from because we said it wasn't safe. I mean, it's really easy to poke holes in what they're doing and how backwards their logic is. But at the same time, it's just flat out dangerous. No, it is. It's, I, you nailed it, man. It, it's a very fine line to walk, man. Because I, I like at first, you know, I was, you know, I was like Trump just to get the economy going. Let's get it back where he, where he left off. And then as time went by, I kind of saw what he was doing. Like you said, he was kind of showing the public. This is the Democratic Party you're seeing here, people. Now, you know, and we're seeing it and we are. But like you said, it, it's it's still affecting people's lives. And I don't want to, to get to a point where it affects lives to a point where people will lose their support for the president. And because, you know, November, we need him to get reelected. And uh, it's just, you know, it's a political game in a way he's playing, but it's important because me and you, of course, being, you know, uh, just people who broadcast the alternative news out there, we are very familiar with the Democratic Party and their games they play and how they manipulate the public. But, you know, a lot of Americans, unfortunately, don't know that. And what I'm seeing is I've seen the, the president's approval rating is very strong for how he's handling the, uh, the, coded, uh, the, the Wuhan virus to the American public. So, I, you know, that's a good sign. And I think I've, and I also heard a lot of Democrats come out and I heard it like when the, uh, the Ukraine gate happened and I'm seeing it now. A lot of people on the left are coming out and saying, you know what, I support this president. I see what the media is doing. I see how they're lying every single day. They're attacking this guy. But I see what he's doing. I think he's doing a good job. So he, it, it, so far, so good in a way. But I think, you know, to be honest, man, we got to get the economy going, man. We got to get it back up and running because it's still hard working nine to five. Get out there you know, middle-class Americans, other middle-class Americans who are the ones who run this country. You know, we're the ones who built this country. So, you know, we, we need to get our support. And I appreciate him getting the stimulus out there. You know what I mean? Like, for what we're dealing with right now, he's doing a pretty good job to me of, you know, giving us some kind of benefit for being a lot of us not working at the moment. Because I feel in the past, other previous presidents in this situation would have just, okay, we're going to get out to you next month, next month, okay, maybe the month after. And that's why the government has always got the reputation of being just something that's like can't be relied on because they're just always off. Like when Obama did Obamacare and the website crashed, it's like they're always doing stuff like that when they try to control something. But Trump is handling this from a government angle in a very efficient way. So I, you know, I give the man credit, but like you said, man, it's a very, very fine line to walk, man. So you know, and that kind of leads a little bit to my next question I had for you. And that's regard in regards to, you know, Trump has, you know, his, his, his health crew he's coming out with where uh, when he does his press briefings. And, you know, how do you feel about like some of the members are that are in that, you know, that core that he has when he comes out and does a press briefing? It's like, you know, like, for example, like Dr. Fauci, like what are your stances when it comes to him? Uh, I don't trust him at all. Uh, mm. I don't know if you saw the video clip where he did like a little hand signal. He did a little hand signal as he was leaving the stage towards the media. And um, I, I looked into it. that. Yeah, he's he's been doing a lot of hand signs and stuff like that. And the fact that he's on uh, Bill Gates's payroll, he has a position with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I don't trust any of it. Basically, if you zoom out and look at what's happening right now, America is actually being governed by a global bureaucracy, which is the World Health Organization. We donate. We're their highest donor. So we fund them. Right. We spend all this money to an unelected, unaccountable bureaucracy of experts who we don't know what they're doing and where they're getting their research from, what their, you know, what their agenda is. All we know is our government's going to listen to them, the federal government. So when Fauci says we're going to need vaccines, vaccines, vaccines. That's like, okay, is Big Pharma in his pocket? Like, what's going on? You know, mm. um, where's that coming from? And um, 
I just don't trust them at all. I don't trust the World Health Organization. They've been um, completely dishonest. They've been flip-flopping on information. I don't know why we're supposed to trust them as experts when they said, well, you know, according to China, there is no human to human spread. Okay. Just kidding. There is. Then they're like, um, you know, uh, you can't catch it by breathing in. Oh, actually you can, you can actually catch it from breathing in. Then they say, you don't need a mask. Oh, now you do need a mask. And now they're saying, um, the virus can travel 13 feet. I'm like, where are they getting these numbers? Where did yeah, where the official numbers, social distancing six feet. Okay. So you're telling me if I'm five feet away from someone, I'm, I'm going to catch it. Like it doesn't make any sense. Where are you getting these numbers from? What's up with you doing these hand signs to the media? What? I just don't trust it. And then if the United States defunds the world health organization, their number one, um, donor is Bill Gates. So that means they would have to do the bidding of Bill Gates. So that would mean Bill Gates is shadow governing the United States because if the World Health Organization issues these directives like no concerts until summer of 2021, think about doing election by mail, locking down for the rest of the year, you know, um, maybe no more handshakes ever, like all these ridiculous things yeah, that they're proposing. And then if our government trusts them as experts, but they're getting their orders from Bill Gates, well, Bill Gates could say, all right, start pushing the vaccine. Tell them we can't open the economy until there's a vaccine. So ba basically this whole thing is just a deep state operation. Yeah, see, and, and that's a very good point, man. A very good point. Because, you know, I kind of feel the same way about Dr. Fauci, man. I believe, you know, as they say, body language is 80% of communication. And if you watch his body language, man, I didn't see the uh, what the hands, the phone hand signal he did. You know, I, I totally believe what you're saying because I saw uh, a press conference where Trump was talking about the World Health Organization. And when he got to the pretty much saying, like, you know, there's deep state members within the organization, when he said those words, they zoomed in on Fauci in the back. And he just kind of like, like does like a smirk and like kind of covers his mouth a little bit. And then he kind of like just wax his brow, like, you know, like what in the world? Like, and you can so I'm like, you know, this violence is just reeking of somebody who doesn't have the president's back, man. And so, like I said, and you talk about flip-flopping, you know, like they said, he, he comes out and says, you know, oh, you know, there's going to be this amount of deaths if, the, you know, if we don't act. And then, you know, it goes from like uh, over a hundred thousand, like 200,000, 150,000, then it drops. And, you know, and, and it's like he's always flip-flopping of, you know, what the numbers are, man. I'm like, if you're a professional, why don't you have the numbers accurate? You should have, you know, everything. Here it is. Boom, bam, bam. And then he comes out the other day and he's uh, doing a report. And he says that uh, the president would have acted earlier. Um, I forget how many lies he said, but thousands of a lot more lies could have been saved. And it's like, you know, and he goes on shows like Trevor Noah, uh, The Daily Show. He goes with Lily Singh on YouTube here. Like these far leftist like comedians. Uh, he goes on there and speaks with them. So I'm watching this guy. I'm like, you know, whose side are you really on, man? And it seems like, you know, when he's, you know, when Trump uh, yesterday did a retweet of uh, his conversation he had and pretty much said, you know, I acted in January. Don't try to put me out there. You guys know I was, you know, from the jump. He comes out on the press conference yesterday and pretty much backpedals on what he said. And he said, you know, I, you know, I, I worded it wrong and everything else like that. So it seemed like when Trump checked him real quick, he kind of stepped back. But as soon as Trump turns his back, he's running his mouth sideways to whatever reporter he can find in the left wing. So it's like, and that's my thing. I don't trust a lot of Democrats, man. Most of them I don't trust. And so it's, you know, already when, when you look at his background, how, you, you know, what different administrations down on the left, the Obama administration, you know, he's, you know, and, you know, him and the Clintons are close. So he's worked with a lot of people on the left in the past. So I'm like, this guy is who we're now trusting when it comes to, you know, such an important issue. And, you know, um, I just like I said, if you look at uh, Deborah Burks is another one like, you know, I, you know, she's somebody who's, you know, a part of World Health Organization. And she's another one, man, that just I don't really put my full trust because I looked at a little research on her. Her daughter, I believe Laura Burks is her name. Uh, she works for the Bill and Melinda Foundation. So it's like if you look at it, man, there's so many people linked to Bill Gates and Bill Gates is just somebody to me. It's just like he's the ultimate scoundrel. man. he's a he's a globalist. If you look at some of his speeches he did two or three years prior to COVID-19, he was talking about a virus hitting the country and, you know, how it should be handled and how vaccines are going to be the future. And this guy is the same guy who preaches eugenics um, and when it comes to the uh, euthanizing, I mean, when it comes to the country and, you know, global um, order when it comes to population of humans. 
So, you know, you know where he's, his stance is when it comes to globalism. And, you know, I don't trust anything near that situation. So, yeah. you know, I'm not a huge fan of Dr. Fauci. I'm not a huge fan of World Health Organization, Deborah Burks. You know, I mean, I, you know, I, I trust my president at the same time. But, you know, the deep state and the swamp, it's very deep, man. So, you know, you have to be careful who you put, you know, in front of that microphone, in front of the press. Mm -hmm. It's very deep. Is very corrupt, it's very evil, and it's very satanic. Like cool. we're starting to see all of this unfold right now. Like Bill Gates is a eugenicist. His dad sat on the board of Planned Parenthood. So his dad actually met Margaret Sanger. His dad was a eugenicist as well. Bill wow. Gates is always talking about vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. He talked about it in 2015 when he said, and, and I'm just gonna paraphrase it, he pretty much said, um, the world's population is 6.8 billion people, and that's headed up to about 9 billion. But if we do a good job with vaccines and medical care, we can bring that down by 15%. How come no journalist to this day has asked him to clarify that statement? Like, what do you mean if we do a good job with vaccines, we can bring it down? Does that mean that the vaccine is going to sterilize people or is it going to kill them? Is it going to like, what is it going to do? And the fact that he wants to run, well, I guess this is kind of a rumor. I shouldn't even really put it out there. But um, I read that he wants to test it out in Africa, but I guess that's been debunked because oh. there's a bunch of um, Africans from the D, the Republic, Congo, wherever. They made a video saying, like, um, we're not we're not a, we're not lab rats. You're not going to test out and do clinical trials of vaccines here. Um, but Bill Gates, pretty much when he talks about. Uh, vaccines and healthcare and abortion. You know what he's talking about when he says healthcare. He always references the third world. And mm. there's a video of Melinda Gates walking through a village in India talking about these, basically these poor people, they don't have the healthcare to control the size of their family. That's eugenics talking points right there. That's the craziest thing to be walking through a village talking about how these people have too many kids. And if they just had healthcare, they could do something about that. Right. Okay. And then we just found out over the weekend, which I'm sure is no mistake, no coincidence at all, that Microsoft ran a commercial with Marina Bromovic that, um, get to that spirit cooking. Yeah. Yeah. We can get to that. But I just think it's all connected with Bill Gates with Fauci, with the World Health Organization, with the deep state, the cabal. Bill Gates was rumored to be Hillary Clinton's running mate, like she was looking at him to be a running mate. Imagine, if you will, close your Ooh. eyes and imagine Hillary Ooh. Clinton as president right now dealing with this global pandemic and her vice president is in her ear talking about, well, we got the vaccine, we can do this, we can do that. They would be advancing a crazy agenda right now. Some I mean, might say it's Agenda 21. Let's give me a nightmare closing my eyes thinking about that, man, because we know <laughs> Hillary's background, man. You know who she has so much respect for, and she mentions her name many times, Margaret Sanger of Planned Parenthood, and, you know, all the stuff that she says about her. And, you know, and you guys need to look at even Planned Parenthood and what they're up to, man. We talk about eugenics, man. They're pretty much selling, they're not, they're taking babies and selling their parts, man. And if you look at what, at the behind the scenes of what's going on, and I'm glad you brought up the, the, uh, Marina Abramovich, who's like a she's like a, uh, like a artist, I believe from like Romania or something like that. But she, I'm, I'm patriots out there. Look this woman up and just put her name in and put spirit cooking. And I know it might be difficult to see, but she has some crazy stuff. I mean, she cooks with uh, semen and blood, animal blood is what she mm -hmm. paints. Cooks, but could. she paints with yeah, human semen and animal blood. She used yeah. to do paintings, and this woman's at, in outer space. The stuff she talks about and says, and you know she's. You know, just a part of the deep state, man, a part of, the, you know, mm -hmm. globalism, Illuminati, whatever you want to call it out there. She is a big part of that situation. And she's in bed with a lot of Hollywood, with a lot of musicians. And she's, you know, in politics. She's all over it, man. And yeah. like you said, and Bill and Melinda Gates, she's right there with them. You said they were, you see, like you said, they're exposing themselves more and more. Seems like mm -hmm. closer to the election, always 2016, they were doing a lot of crazy stuff. Now it's 2020. You see them getting crazier and crazier. And mm -hmm. you see what happened was like people on Twitter, in, in the comment section of that trailer they released with Bill Gates and Microsoft and uh, this Mar Marina Abramovich, they had a commercial ad they released, and it got so many dislikes on YouTube and so many negative comments. They turned off the comments, and he just took down the whole video. So people are waking up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And you know, a big part of that is, you know, alternative news sources are coming out. 
You know, the MAGA movement was a big part of that. But, you know, you just can't put this craziness out to the public anymore. It's better to sit there and nod our heads and just, you know, watch it tell lies to our vision programming and accept mm -hmm. it. Yeah. So, and I'm going to take this time to plug this documentary that's pushing five million views. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Out of Shadows. I, I, think I, never and, I watched it this morning, but go ahead. Please yeah, tell them. That, that was absolutely. I'm going to do a whole breakdown for my my say subscribers. Again, say it again. I'm talking over a little bit. I didn't, I didn't mean to say, say the documentary again. I want people to check the documentary out. Say it again. It's called Out of Shadows. And it just yeah. came out like maybe last Friday or something. And it's got five million views as of earlier today. And I've been yep. sending it to people because it is it is factual. It's on point. They don't they don't go down rabbit holes. They don't in, interject their opinions. They don't speculate. They just present the facts and then they show you the images and they link the articles. They talk about the CIA and MK Ultra. They go really deep on some stuff, but they talk. They tie all this together. They tie it all together. And they talked yeah. talk about so much stuff. And I like the fact that it was two guys narrating it were two guys who didn't have a dog in a the fight. They weren't like, you know, some right wing politician, some left wing politician, you know, nothing like that. Just two guys in the industry and who became had great careers in the industry. And now years later, say, you know what? Let's bring the truth out to the public. And they're putting their careers on the line, man, and, and the money, their finances on the line doing this. So I'm like, you guys out there need to really check it out, man, because this is very patriotic what these two men have done with this documentary because this information like the people like, you know, the people that have done the research, they know about it. But just to see it come out in a documentary format that's so well done, so well organized, so, you know, well defined. It's amazing. And I was like, I'm going to get out there as soon as I can. I just like I, said, I literally watched it this morning right before we did our interview. So, you know, anybody out there, please watch that out of the shadows. Mm -hmm. Made a documentary. Yeah. And not only watch it, share it with people, because if you think about where we are in the world right now, everything is stopped. Like one of the best parts about this lockdown, as much as I hate the lockdown, one of the best parts about it is there are no Hollywood propaganda films in production right now. They're stuck at home. They can't travel and leave the country. So there's nothing but the truth that people can find. And a lot of people are starting to go on all these alternative platforms. I mean, after they binge watch all their Netflix shows and movies, they're looking for other stuff. And this is a great thing to send to people because I think it really hits it out of the park as far as tying it all together. I mean, they they link Bill Gates to Epstein, this Bramovic chick. They talk about the Podesta emails and the spirit cooking and all of that stuff. And the fact that this is spiritual warfare, like I've been saying for a long time, we're seeing spiritual warfare play out right now. That bioweapon, this coronavirus, that's part of the spiritual warfare. That's a weapon that's been formed against humanity. And they're using it to try to parlay it into freedom snatching and a satanic globalist agenda. A lot of one world government, one world religion, digital currency, all that stuff that they used to say, oh, Alex Jones is just a crackpot. Okay. He doesn't look so crazy now that everything that he said about this uses a lot of hyperbole, but basically the events that he said were going to take place have all lined up and it's happened, right? We're seeing it unfold right now. So somebody I don't know how they could be living under a rock or pretending like it's not happening, but it's absolutely happening where they have people locked down. There's a battle. It's like, OK, while you're locked down, are you going to sit idly while they run roughshod over your freedoms? Or are you going to get the truth out there, learn the truth, see what's going on, share it with people? and revolt because that's ultimately what's going to happen. If they leave people in their houses with no end date, no light at the end of the tunnel, people are going to leave their houses. That's what's going to happen. That's There's no way around it. People are going to leave their house unless you're going to roll down every street with a military tank. Trump's not going to do that. That would have to come from Trump. That'd have to be a directive from him. He's not going to do that. Bring in the National Guard. Trump's not going to do that. Governors might want to do that, but it's not going to work. They're not going to be able to keep people locked down. But you know, if you just think about the situation we're in right now with the crashed economy, unemployment, basically forced dependence on the government, this plays right into the hands of people who want to grow government and expand their footprint. So why wouldn't they want to carry this out, drag it through the end of the year and say, oh, well, we have to do mail-in ballots. That's the only way we can do the election. And we all know what that means. We all know what mail-in ballots mean. We all know what they're going to do. There's a very real chance they could steal the election 
if it comes down to that. So that's why it's more important than ever before to continue this message, continue pumping out the truth, pushing through the lies, exposing the media, sharing with friends and family, like force it on them, put it out there. Like, okay, if just watch it and make a list of everything you think is fake and try to debunk it, show me your mainstream articles, whatever that disprove all of this information. And I think that's how we can win. That's really the only way. Yep, the, the sharing, the spread of information, real and inf truthful information is the, only, is the only way, in my opinion. You know what I mean? And, you know, like they said, these documentary that we mentioned, guys, check it out. Share. You got a friends. I know you guys have friends and family out there who are on the fence, who ask you a bunch of questions that, you know, they know you're, you know, might be a, a deeper thinker when it comes to politics and what's going on in the world. And they always have questions for you. If you have that friend or family member, show them this documentary, share the information to them, let them see this. And to tell them to sit down, listen quietly, and really take in what they're witnessing, because this is really what's going on out here. And like I said, we're going to get the truth out there the best we can. That's why, you know, I'm out here doing what I'm doing, because, you know, even if I change one person's way of thinking, that to me is a victory at the end of the day. You know what I mean? So, you know, I'm, I, that's why, you know, I got so much respect for my man Magnificent. And I'm glad he came on. And that kind of leads on to, like, I got a couple more questions for you. And we kind of just kind of touched on it just a little bit in there. And that is the importance of reopening the economy. Uh, the president in the press briefing uh, yesterday pretty much said, I believe he said around May 1st, he's looking to get the ball rolling on reopening the economy. And it's going to be a state-by-state -state basis. And he says he's going to put out the order as the president. And he says he believes that the rest of the country will follow suit um, with that order. Um, what's, your, what's your way of thinking when it comes to the whole economy situation? And um, is it should have been closed in the first place? You know, do you think May 1st would be a good time for now? Like, just what's your whole kind of mind state when it comes to that? I think open it up. It's time to open it up. I would almost open it up before May 1st, you know, mm -hmm. because we're seeing right now, I think we've seen the worst of it, right? Um, and this is a perfect way for Trump to regain control of the momentum because we all know right before this pandemic hit, Trump was holding massive rallies. The Democrats were falling all over themselves. Joe Biden, Gaffin, Bernie praising Fidel Castro. I mean, the Democrat Party was a mess. So oh it God. looked like Trump was steamrolling a reelection. And then, boom, they hit us with this. And now they've been clubbing Trump over the head with it ever since. So now that we're seeing like New York didn't have this this um, strain on their medical system and this the they've had to um, they had to scale down the the estimation of how many people were going to die. And now it's looking like the worst might be behind us. There's some promising things coming down the pipeline. I mean, the hydroxychloroquine is working. So yeah, open up the economy. And while the media, of course, is going to take, take this little fight with Trump about, you know, it's not true that you can't force the governors to do what they want to do. Okay. It's fine. Cool. Let them have that little, that little bickering session. But in the meantime, states like Florida and Texas that have massive economies are going to get back to work. And before you know it, other states are going to follow suit. And the ones that want to stay locked down because Trump derangement syndrome, they're going to look bad. So then that flips it on that leadership. Like um, all the surrounding states are open. So why can't we open up? I mean, at the very least, let small businesses go back. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm saying we can still do the same things. You can still social distance. People can wear masks. We can keep it safe. There's a way to do it responsibly. Certain people in the store at a time, stuff like that. Yeah. But this whole one size fits all solution, like we need people in Des Moines, Iowa, locked down the same way as people in New York. It doesn't make any sense. None of it makes sense. It never made any sense. It's time to open the economy back up, especially when you're looking at other countries that didn't even lock down, like Sweden. People are like the press is like basically praying that Sweden has an explosion so they could be like, see, I told you so we needed to have everything locked down. Sweden is pretty much the guinea pig right now because they didn't is issue very many um, restrictions, their economies. And then the Netherlands is opening back up too. Uh, there's yep. a bunch of other countries that are starting to open back up, but here we're not even allowed to have the conversation about it because Trump's the one that wants to open the economy. So that's why they're hitting him over the head like, oh, you just care about Wall Street and profits over human life and all that. All these emotional arguments that they make. 
it's not going to work, man. People need to get back to work because this is dangerous. This is actually very scary, which is why I was I was kind of against like, I don't know, I had mixed feelings about the stimulus package because I knew what that meant. It meant the Federal Reserve was going to print money out of thin air, which mm. meant more money in circulation, which means, you know, depreciation of the dollar and inflation. And that's what will happen if we stay locked down for even another month. Um, I was listening to Tucker last night and he were talking about it, how we're already pretty far down that road. Like we're going to see some kind of inflation as a result of the economy being stopped and they keep spending, spending, spending. And Nancy Pelosi wants to spend even more. Trump's even talking about spending more. He wants to get another bill out, which I, I disagree with. I think we need to get people back to work. We need our economy to work because we can end up on socialism real quick. Oh, no. And then here in New York, man, they got like the bread lines going. I mean, you go to the grocery store, you got a whole line you got to wait for now. And you see that the, you know, different, you know, uh, in areas of the grocery store, there's like no food. There's no, you know, necessities that you need. So you're already seeing like a Bernie Sanders America in New York City. Like in, in, in a lot of the leftist controlled states are seeing it as well. I see it. Other people are dealing with similar issues. So, you know, this is not a good look, man. We need I told you we need to get the economy up and ro- rolling. The sooner the better, you know, um, you know, I got, you know, especially since we're Americans and Americans, a lot of Americans don't like not working, man. Like we're used to working, we're working society. And, you know, I don't want us to get to the point either where we get too comfortable, where people who, you know, never been in government since in, in their life, like myself until now, you know, get used to receiving the government assistance. And when it's time to work, you like, you know, I can get this for another, how many months again? Uh, okay, this ain't bad. I can, I can live off this. And get into that mode of that victimhood mentality mode, man. I do not want that to happen. Like we are, our economy was, was bursting. The lowest black unemployment in American history, the lowest unemployment in, in, you know, in decades, man. Like the economy was just amazing. The stock market, everything. I want that trend to continue. And I feel the longer that we go without working, the harder it is. It's going to get back on that track again once the economy starts going up and run, running again. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, unfortunately, the only thing I, I, I say that this is never, we should never stop in the first place. But let us know how the media works and how the Democratic Party works. I think if Trump wouldn't have sh- shut down like this, he they would have used it to say any death that ever happened from COVID nineteen would be Trump. Look, look, Trump's blood on Trump's hands. Another life lost because of Trump. And they would have been putting the kids who are the youth that lost their lives from COVID. They would have been putting them out there on Front Street, like you know, with Greta Thunberg type of thing, where it's like, look at the youth that's dying because the president's not here. So they would have made it such a dramatic over the top situation that it that would have affected his presidency in a way. So I, I kind of understand why he did it. But I, again, I don't want him to go too long with this, man. This needs to get, you know, May 1st. I was like, glad to, I was glad to hear a date uh, when he did the press briefing. But like I could do tomorrow if need be, you know, I'm ready to go. So, you know, I have a feeling we're going to get through it, though, in due time. But I totally agree with you, man. We need to reopen the economy. And that's very, very important. Yep. Yep. We have to do it. We have to do it. We cannot. We cannot. Just kick the can down the road. I know, like I said, they don't want it to open back up because if it opens back up and it starts performing well, there's momentum for Trump. Mm-hmm. Right. And that the- also means and that also means Joe Biden's going to have to start making public appearances, which they Ooh. don't want. They want to they want to restructure the debate so that Biden can just be on a camera in a studio, someone holding up a sign like, say this, Joe, say this. They because that, that's what they have to do. They have to micromanage everything he says and it's not even working to even now he's still stumbling you see him like come over come over he's struggling he so, can't be struggling to get sentences out man this, he can't this, get sentences out this guy come on man it's, it's it's like i watch this it's like it's it's shameful what the democratic party has come to for the last four years i've been hearing about you know i mean me personally i don't care but i've been hearing this from their side Old white males, old rich white males are evil. Or da da. We don't. We, the last thing this country needs is any more them running things at one percent. Blah 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 blah. And then you guys give us the old rich white male with dementia that had no shot in previous elections when he ran. He had you know he was a candidate like a, like a filling candidate, and we everybody knew that. And now he is the top candidate you have while he has dementia now. Like this is the best you guys could do. And you guys, you know, so you can tell that they're just treading them out there just to be the face, just so they can get into the office. I feel that the vice president that he has elected uh, is going to be who they really want to be the head of the country. And 
they're seeing how he, with his age and how he's already mentally just losing it. Either when he's in office, his mental st- instability is going to get him out of that position, or something might happen where you know he might you know God forbid die of old age while he's in office, or he might end up Epstein Epsteining himself. You know who knows? Yeah, with the Democratic Party sometimes. But either way, the VP to me is to be the one that has the true power, uh, and also the people that are his control, his handlers are going to have a lot of power over the presidency during his his if he's ever in office. God forbid. And so to me, it's just a joke. And like I keep in the, and I heard so long with Trump, President Trump was, oh, he's Putin's puppet. Oh, he's Steve Bannon's puppet. Oh, he's always somebody's puppet. But this guy is a blatant, obvious, in your face puppet. And they have nothing to say. And it's just, again, I keep seeing it say, I said once said a million times, let this hypocrisy, man. They are the big, they should, if they change the name to the hypocrite party or the hip, hypocritical party, I would have a lot more respect for them. I'd be like, at least they're being honest now. Right. And so when they the do their actions, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. So, you know, when they do those actions, I could be like, okay, they're just doing what their party does. That's their party motto, you know? But, you know, it's just they, they're really exposing themselves in a lot of ways. And, I, and I'm hoping American people, and I'm pretty sure it looks like they are, but I just pray that they really see what's going on in the bigger picture, and especially when it comes to the election season. Yeah, but they, they are. No, nobody in there, nobody's excited about Joe Biden. There is nobody that's excited about a Joe Biden presidency, but they're going to vote for him anyway. Because orange man bad. That's the only reason. This election is all about voting against Trump. It's not about voting for Biden. It's about voting against Trump. They're always focused on what they don't want. They're always focused on the negativity. They're always focused on lack. That's why they're losing. Because they focus on losing, not winning. It's their decree. Like Democrats can't even be successful unless your life sucks. They need you to need them. They need you to be homeless, poor, dependent, and stupid because then they see you as a voter. And then they want to shame and demonize Republicans. Like, oh, Republicans only care about the rich top 1%. So let me get this straight. Republicans do are doing better. They're successful when people are successful. So they have a vested interest in you being successful. Whereas Democrats, they need you to be, you know, you need to be at the bottom of society. That's the only way that they can get your vote because their policies lend themselves to people who are poor and dependent. That's what they want, right? And that's the number one thing I say, man, when I, especially when I talk to people in the black community, man, about this subject. That's the number one thing. So we vote 92%, 90% Democrat. And I'm like, look how our situations are in a lot of inner cities across the country, which are Chicago, Detroit, Baltimore, Oakland, uh, the Watts. It goes on and on and on. All these leftist ran cities. And look at the situations a lot of black people are in in these cities. It's done on purpose. They want you at the bottom because when you're your bottom and you're reaching whatever you can grab, they're going to give you a bone here and there. And mm-hmm. that's how they keep you going, man. And they do that with anybody that lets them do it to them. So I need, you know, the, the country needs to hear this, man. They need to wake up and need to know mm-hmm. that this party doesn't have their best interests and in, in heart at all. They don't care about you. I mean, Bernie Sanders was, you know, their, their other top candidate who recently dropped out and endorsed Biden. You know, because he's to me just a beta male. He's soft. He's weak. Beta male communist. But you know, these are the people that they're having in charge. And all Bernie's policies were were you just being a couch potato, doing just just being there and let the government just take care of everything that you need taken care of. You know what I mean? So and it's just that's just a, if anybody out there knows when the government's in charge of anything, they do a horrible job. Medicaid, whatever it is, they they get their hands on. They're always slipping up. They're always messing up. They can, they, they're terrible at organizing. They're terrible at getting things done for the country. So why do you want them to t- take control of your, almost your whole life? Like you're really, you know what I mean? That's how you end up in like these communist countries out here that in the past and throughout history is just that way of, you know, letting the government just take full control of your well-being. And that's just mm-hmm. uh, so that's the last thing we need right now as Americans. Yeah. And Joe Biden is um, he'll be a puppet for China. He's soft on China. So China wants him to get elected. And of mm. course, Democrats here want him to get elected because they can just use him as a vessel to push through their agenda. The far left, even that's why he's pandering to him. He's pandering it's so, to him. It's so you funny, know? It's like Democrats, Joe Biden, Democrats, and even just Democrats uh, voters. I know they they when I debate with them or it turns to usually an argument, they're they seem like they fight they got China they fight more for China than they do for their own country. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, why are you defending so hard with your 
every ounce of your energy to defend this communist country who can care less about you. It's, it's, you know, especially if, you know, in the black community, Africans are getting you know, treated like crap right now over in China. And it's like they do not care about you. They don't even care about their own citizens. I mean, they were still doing the, uh, you know, the um, I forget what they called it, man, where they the they the, the child birth law there, whatever, where they one you know, child take, policy. Yeah. Yeah. One child policy there, man, for recently, you know, for all the way up to recently, man. So this, these people, they don't care about their own citizens. Do you think they care about America? Give me a break, man. And they have so much control of the pharmaceuticals here. Ninety percent of the pharmaceutical market they got control of. They got control of seventy percent of Hollywood now at this point. And that's why if you look at the Hollywood movies right now, they've been depicting Russia as the bad guy all the time and China as the, the guys who have been the good guys lately. And it's like so they're trying to manipulate our country in so many ways when it comes to the drugs, when it comes to the business, when it comes to trade, when it comes to the, what the media we take in. And it's like, so, I, you know, I've seen it, man. I saw it when Obama was president and he, one of his last visits as president of the United States was going to China. And when he went to China, they made him walk off the back of Air Force One. And the reporters who were reporting the situation were live were saying this has never happened in American history. China always has a they're big on their introduction. Like when you come to China, they roll up the red carpet for you. They got people waiting to celebrate your you're coming to their country. When Obama came, they did none of that. They made him get off the back of the Air Force One. They had nobody waiting for them, no, no, and they were sending a sign to the United States, pretty much to me personally, I saw that, was saying, like, we're the number one powerhouse now. Look how we treat your president, and what are you going to do about it? And so they've been sending signs we pay to China to American, America leaders and American citizens for a long time that they, they don't have respect for our country anymore. And when Trump got in office and started doing what he did, it put him on the back burner, and, and then you see what happens. All of a sudden, we get the swine flu. I mean, the swine flu, I'm sorry, the Wuhan flu. And, and then we're at where we're at now. So if people don't realize it now, they've been talking about Russia, 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 Russia for the past four years. The true enemy of this country, as I've been telling them these past four years, is China. And if this doesn't open their eyes up, I don't know what will. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, too, is we need to get back to promoting and buying American only. I don't know what it's going to take, but we need an international effort of boycotting China. I know it's hard because they make everything, the flag behind here, the shirt, everything. They make everything. That's just an unfortunate fact. 90% of the stuff in your house comes from China, you know? Um, and I think that that gives them so much leverage. It, it created kind of a codependency because we were their biggest customer, but they were our biggest supplier. So it's like, what are we going to do now? Especially with them having control over our medicines and pharmaceuticals and all that stuff. We have to do something. China must pay in yeah. some way. I think it's going to take an international effort. I don't think it can just be the United States, but I could be wrong. You know, geopolitics is not in my wheelhouse, but. Yeah, me, you both, me, you both. But I do see other countries making moves. I see Japan pulling out businesses from there. I see, you know, I see other countries already kind of stepping back from China. So other parts in Italy, I know when they're back on their feet are going to be putting China out there, man. They're going to be really against China. So there's going to be other parts of the country other than the United States. So we have, you know, our citizens here and they got citizens in other country that see the bigger picture when it comes to China. And I think this is going to affect them worse. It's going to backfire on them worse. It's going to affect us at the end of the day. You know, it's hard to say that now because of what's going on. But I really feel like this was a move on their behalf that really is going to it's going to turn on them. And like I said, I, I'm an 80s baby, man. I remember growing up and seeing made in the USA everywhere. And like, you know, and it's so crazy from just the 80s and early 90s to now how things have changed but you know it's it's time to get back to that way it was back then man because back when those products were being made those products were made to last man you guys you can see a lot of things like you know kids toys and you know different technologies that are made by china we all know they, they're quick to fall apart and they're not stable at all so you know when you get it back to america products being made man because we make the best products in my opinion and that's not me being just over top patriotic it's just America was known for making the best products, and we made them a lot. Yep. Yep. Yeah, all right. 100%, man. All right, definitely, brother, man. Well, you know, I want to kind of end it there, man. You know, uh, magnificent, man, brother. I really appreciate you coming on, man. You, uh, you know, you're always, you know, when we when I talk with you, man, I just like, I can just go from, it's like a freestyle, man. Just get the words just come, man. And, you know, we have great conversations, and you're a real true patriot, brother. You know what I mean? Like, uh, like so I'm coming down to Florida soon. I got a good friend down there. Shout out to my friend, Phil. I lived down there for two years in the past. So when I get down there, you know, for his wedding and when all this, get past all this COVID thing, I'm going to hit you up and maybe we can do like a walk and talk on a, you know, somewhere on a boardwalk, something like that and discuss some things there, man. But man, you're just a true patriot, man. Keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep fighting, keep getting the truth out there. 
I'm going to do the same on my behalf the best I can. You're all the way down in Florida. I'm on New York. But we're on the East Coast together holding it down. Uh, let the people know anything you want to know, how they can reach out to you, how they can find you, you know, and all that good stuff. And then, you know, we'll go from there. Yes, sir. Yeah, guys, uh, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook as Mike Nifson 813 or you can just type in Mike Nifson on YouTube and find my channel. Or you can email me, Mike Nifson 813 at gmail.com. All right. All right. Yeah. And thanks for having me on, man. This was great. We always have good chemistry. This is, this is, we had a fire conversation, man. No, definitely. Definitely a pleasure, brother. This is the best way I could think of opening up this new stage of my YouTube channel. You're the one who even told me back in the past, man, you should start doing interviews, man. So I'm doing interviews now, you know, almost a year later, but I'm out here now. And I said, what better person to start it off with and kick it off with this within my magnificence. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day, man, to sit down with me and do this. And, you know, in the future, man, we're going to keep doing stuff like this, man. I love doing videos with you, man. You're you're, you're very well-educated. Well, well you know the truth out there, man. You know about the deep state. So we can go on and on for hours, man. But there's people out there that got to get about their days. So I don't want them to be out here till 2 o'clock in the morning with us talking all this stuff like this, man. But it was definitely a pleasure. Yes, sir. All right, brother, man. You Enjoy the rest of your day, man. And God bless. Yeah, you too, man. God bless. All right. And God bless all the Americans out there listening. And thank you for your time. All right. Peace out.